You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find at Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you so i want to talk today primarily about the packers defense and the reason i want to do that is because you know we spent a lot of the offseason talking about it we spent a lot of the post playoff time talking about the cornerback position and the defensive backfield with you know the third safety and what what could they do you know would they would they grab a pass rusher with Preston Smith likely not coming back well now that we have a better understanding of what this team is going to be I thought it was good to circle back on this and of course this is prompted by a ranking that Bleacher Report came out with on the defenses, and I felt like there were a number of teams that were too low. There were a number of teams, Green Bay included, by the way, and a number of teams that were too high, including the Minnesota Vikings, which, of course, Vikings fans had takes on. This Bleacher Report list had Green Bay at 19th behind some teams that they were just like much better than last year, and I expect to be better than this season. One of the stats that I continuously used last year was how this team looked in the second half of the season. And I think that that part of that is forgotten because of how the season ended, because of how Kevin King looked in the NFC Championship game, because of the first half that Shannon Sullivan had in that game. And you just go, okay, well, all of that was illusory. And... I am someone who believes that defense is not stable year to year. The statistics bear that out. A lot of it is based on the the, the teams that you play and when you play them and the people that are healthy for those games. Uh, defense year to year is not stable. Offense is much more stable than defense is. That's why these small sample sizes can be somewhat misleading. But in the second half of the season, so starting in week nine, after the debacle against the Vikings. This Packers defense was seventh in EPA per play. They were 10th in success rate and they were seventh in drop pack EPA. So against the pass basically. And they were still a below average team against the run. But guess what? Because the running defense is less important than the passing defense. They were still a very good defense in the aggregate over that time frame they were a better defense than the Ravens over that time frame they were a better defense than the Buccaneers over that time frame they were a better defense than the Bears than the Colts than the Chiefs these are these are supposed to be teams competing for Super Bowls Green Bay's defense did not show up in the biggest game of the season 
And I think that as much as anything else is the reason why Mike Patton is no longer the coach. And the problem, and this was something that Dominique Foxworth, former NFL quarterback and now uh, uh, ESPN analyst, was on Mina Kimes' show, and they were talking about the various defenses, and they were talking about this Packers defense. Like, yeah, they have a lot of talent, but they haven't been able to put it all together. And that is what we're waiting for here. They put together some really good stretches of defense last year. But it always felt like there was something holding them back. When they had to have, they had a a terrific game against the Bears and had to go to Mike Patton and say, we can't keep doing this. This is not working for us. And I think that was the moment when Matt LaFleur knew Mike Patton can't be the coach anymore. It just, and and Mike McCarthy should have known the same thing when when Charles Woodson and those guys had to go to Dom Capers and say, We can't keep doing this. I don't know if Joe Barry is going to be an improvement over Mike Patton. I just don't. Now, this defense brings a lot of people back. In fact, basically every starter, you could argue, you know, Christian Kirksey. But, you know, look, Chris Barnes took his job. And not just because he was injured. Yeah, Kirksey started the season, then got hurt. Chris Barnes became the guy even once Christian Kirksey was healthy. Kirksey was the second inside linebacker, not the first. And and they're not quite interchangeable, the Mike and the Will, in this scheme. But the reality is if Kirksey were good enough to be playing, he would have played. And he wasn't. And he's gone now. The second half of the season, this defense played really good football. And in those 11 games, it's not just schedule. They played six playoff teams. Now they played the Bears twice. But they also played two literal playoff games. They also played the Colts. And they played the Titans. They dominated that Titans game. That was the game where I went, okay, if the defense can do this against this Titans offense, then they can win the Super Bowl. They just didn't do it in the most important game of the year. Part of that was schematic. Part of that was personnel. And that's why Green Bay made some of the changes this offseason that they made. Did they go out and make a splash in free agency? No. Could they still go out and sign someone? Richard Sherman is still available? Sure, they could. Are there some other corners out there? Steven Nelson, some defensive linemen that they could bring in? Yeah, there are. And maybe, you know, they they get the Aaron Rodgers situation sorted out and they make that move. Maybe they don't. This defense is talented. What they need is to be put in a position to succeed. And... I was thinking about it as I was arguing with these Vikings fans. Just Let's just take the NFC North. The best cornerback in the NFC North is Jair Alexander. I mean, there's, there's no argument. The best corner is Jair. Now, you, we could have an argument over who the best pass rusher is, right? Zadarius Smith, Khalil Mack, Daniel Hunter. And we don't know if Hunter is going to come back 100%. You know, the neck back injury, you you never really know. You always want to be very, very, very careful with those things. He missed, you know, essentially the entire season with an injury to uh, a part of your body that that really doesn't heal. That it, it you know, it, it can no longer cause you pain. But most of the injuries that can happen to that part of your body, they don't fully heal. You just have to manage them. And that's problematic. Is, is he ever going to be the player that he was? We don't know. We don't know. 
Either way, Zadarius Smith is an elite pass rusher. An elite pass rusher. To me, the Packers have the best safety tandem in the league. That means Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are better than any two safeties anyone else has, which means they're better than what the Bears have, than what the Vikings have, what the Lions have. And you look around the NFC, there's not even an NFC team that that's really in the mix. The teams that you could make the case for, I think, are in the AFC. If you if you really wanted to work on it, you could point to New Orleans with Jenkins and Williams. Green Bay, by Pro Football Focus, it's a better group. So the combination of Savage, Amos, and Jair, that is an elite defensive backfield. Elite. Certainly the best defensive backfield in the division. The Bears got worse. They lose Kyle Fuller. Eddie Jackson has not played as well since Vic Fangio left and, frankly, since Adrian Amos left. The Lions are a hot mess. And the Vikings replaced Anthony Harris with Xavier Woods, who's just, you know, a borderline starter. Green Bay doesn't have that. And and your defense is a weak link chain. And so it's not just the elite talent that you have. It's where are the bad players? Where are the bad players? And for Green Bay, there's two spots that you can point to. The defensive front and that cornerback two spot. Now, if they get some quality play, and really if they just get Kingsley Kiki to stay healthy, that is one fewer guy that you have to worry about. Also, Preston Smith is on an incentive-laden deal. You've got Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith. Those three guys with Kenny Clark are going to be on the field a bunch. A bunch. So that mitigates some of the issues that you might have there. Now, at linebacker, they don't have field tilters at linebacker. And, and Packer fans want to act like they have you and me playing linebacker for them. But Chris Barnes was a solid contributor last year, and Kamel Martin was one of the highest-graded rookie linebackers in the league, ahead of the big names that Green Bay fans want to point out, hey, they could have drafted this guy instead of drafting Jordan Love. And and could they have contributed more than Jordan Love did? Yeah, potentially. But someone like Patrick Queen was a net negative for the Ravens. So him contributing was actually a bad thing for that defense, and they still turned out to be a good defense in spite of that level of play. So... Eric Hendricks, yeah, better linebacker, no doubt. Uh, uh, Roquan Smith, better linebacker, no question about it. But he's not going to hurt you. We're talking about weak links. Not going to hurt you. I I don't know how much TJ Slayton is going to be able to play in your one. But if he's just a rotational defensive lineman and you can give fewer snaps to Tyler Lancaster, that's a nice little improvement. And so then that that leaves the secondary. That leaves this question about Kevin King. I think Shannon Sullivan in this defense is so much better suited to be that star guy. I think you're going to see Jair on the slot. I think you're going to see Savage in the slot. They have the bodies to handle that nickel corner spot. The question is that cornerback two spot. Kevin King, Josh Jackson, and now Eric Stokes. I think Shamar Jean Charles is going to get a chance to, to earn that star role as well. They've they've thrown money at the problem, so to speak. And they have a tried they've tried to address that so-called weak link. So think about what they could be if they do that. Think about if if Kevin King gets outplayed by Josh Jackson or Eric Stokes and they win that job, or, or more likely King wins the job, gets hurt, 
And one of those guys steps in for him and the job is just his then. And they provide better play. You know, I made the point to Vikings fans, Patrick Peterson's grade last year was only coverage grade was only marginally better than Josh Jackson's. He was not a good player last year. Now, was Kevin King? No, no, he wasn't. You need better play from that spot. But if you get it, if you get it, this defense can be not just like fine, not just serviceable, not just manageable. They have the pieces to be a really good defense. And if you take, you know, you go back and look at what they were able to do two years ago with their pressures. That pressure rate was top five. Top five last year, they were far less successful in part because Kenny Clark, hurt, didn't play as well. Preston Smith, hurt and and didn't play as well. You, You look at their pass rush win rate. Now, they were near the bottom for a lot of the year. They finished at 20. In 2019, they were ninth. And, and you know, six, seven percentage points higher in terms of their win rate. If you can get closer to that, you know, Kingsley Kiki stays a little bit more healthy. Preston Smith plays marginally better. We get some sort of improvement from Rashawn Gary, where he is now the starter and you're getting, you know, some sort of rotation with Preston Smith. This defense can be, can be like an aid to this team. Remember 2019 for a lot of that year, the defense carried them. Now part of that was turnovers, but Jair Alexander is better than he was in 2019 and 2020. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. Those guys are better than they were then. Kenny Clark, not. If they can, if they can get that version of Kenny Clark, you added some bodies to make that a little easier. If Kingsley Kiki can stay healthy, if Slayton can become part of your rotation, then you can keep Kenny Clark a little fresher. If you give Rashawn Gary more snaps, maybe you can keep Preston and Zedarius Smith a little fresher. And now you have a deeper group of guys in your secondary that you feel good about. Some pedigree guys, some some elite athletes, some guys who fit this scheme and you come in with a plan where your defensive coordinator and your head coach are aligned in how you want to approach this week in and week out. The value of that cannot be understated. And for the Green Bay Packers, That is something that they can hang their hat on. This is all irrespective of what goes on with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and and the quarterback position. Now, if the offense isn't as good, you know, and and, and I do think part of this is based on, you know, garbage time. The the, the stats that I cited are are minus garbage time. We, you know, with a a, uh, win percentage between 10 and 90% for either team. But I think we focus on that one thing, that one game, or you know the Vikings game, those moments that confirm our priors that say this is a trash defense, and forget about the games that don't, and forget about the talent that says this team can be really good. Now, they've underachieved. That's why their head coach had to make a change at defensive coordinator. That's why they had to, yet again, use their first-round pick on a defensive player. Because there are still holes that need fixing and why they still could go out and sign a linebacker. There is some some buzz heating up now around the beat that they are going to do that. And whether it is a KJ Wright or someone like that, we don't know. Could be, you know, 
just a, an average someone to come in and, and compete. They have a full roster right now. This defense in a weak link chain system can, over the course of the season, especially if you replace King at some point, can play without that weak link. And because they also have the premier talent at the most important positions on the field, they can be a unit that can carry you in some games if your offense doesn't have it. And especially if Jordan Love is your quarterback, that is going to be something that is absolutely vital if you intend on winning games in 2021. And if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, it will be absolutely vital in the playoffs when your defense has consistently let Aaron Rodgers and your team down in big spots. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands that his warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer, you have a cell phone. That means you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. This is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose all the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the rockauto.com guarantee is that their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. So this was uh, an interesting discussion um, that I mentioned that podcast with Dominique Foxworth and Mina Kimes. They, they mentioned something else that I thought was interesting about this, this this discussion about defenses and about relying on rookies. And a team that relies on rookies, we've talked about this on the show before, a team that relies on rookies is usually a team that is playing with fire. Now, the Buccaneers relied on two rookies. They got terrific play and they won the Super Bowl because of it. If Tristan Wirfs were Andrew Thomas or maybe even Jedrick Wills, who got hurt. They they probably don't win the Super Bowl. And if Anton Winfield Jr. were, you know, a different corner or a different safety, they, they probably don't win the Super Bowl. So it just so happened that it worked out for them. But if you are relying heavily on your rookies to win this year, that tends to be a problem. And so... You know, as we were, we were going into the 2020 season, this was something we looked at and talked about. And so I thought, okay, not just defensively, but, but let's start there with the defense. I don't think Green Bay's opening day lineup will feature a single rookie on defense. Not a single rookie. In fact, I think every single player who, who plays even meaningful reps, assuming everyone is healthy, will have been on the team last year. And the the cynic will say, well, they weren't a great defense last year. And, and that's true overall. You know, they were right in that average range by DVOA. They, they regressed a little bit in their passing defense. They got a little bit better in their rushing defense. But overall, they were a middling defense. 
second half of the season, as I mentioned, they were actually a, a good defense. But that continuity is nice to have. You are not relying on rookies. Any productivity you get from a rookie in this case is a potential improvement because if Eric Stokes is playing, it's because either Kevin King is hurt and or Stokes beat him up. And and I think if Matt LaFleur is true to his mantra about competition, that spot is an open spot. Now, this team, the players, the coaches, they seem to like Kevin King a lot more than we do on the outside. But even, even though that's true, he signed the contract of a guy who is basically a stopgap and the team knows it. He, he is there to make sure that they have someone they're familiar with playing corner just in case that their first round pick is not ready to play. So, sure, at some point Stokes may play, but he is not being relied upon for this defense to to be good. They don't need him to play for this defense to be good. We saw that last year. The same is true of Shamar Jean Charles. If he plays, it's because he beats out Shannon Sullivan. It's because he earns those reps and likely becomes an upgrade. That Theoretically, that's why he would win those reps. You're, you're not relying on this rookie class. You're not relying on free agency to improve your team. You can do a lot of this with internal development, something the Packers have done well for much of the last 20 years. Kingsley Kiki is someone who made that mini leap last year. And if he's healthy this year, Olivia Reiner wrote a great piece for the Journal Sentinel about you know the scary moments with his concussion and feeling foggy and how it didn't really hit him for a week. He didn't realize how bad it was. If he can get back on the field, you know, he was a better, he was a more productive pass rusher last year than Dalvin Tomlinson, who the Vikings played, paid a boatload of money, who Vikings fans are stoked about. If you can get interior pressure with Kiki and Clark and you can add pressure off the edge with those three guys, those edge guys, you are in business. But you keep that continuity. The safeties, you have continuity. With Jair, you have continuity. Kevin King, you have continuity. Is he a good player? No, he's not. But you're not relying on a player who is almost certainly not good. It's not just, hey, whether you're good or not, you have to play. And that is the beauty of not having to rely on rookies. Because, as I've often said, and will continue to often say, most rookies are bad. Most rookies are bad. And we tend to overvalue what they can do for a football team. And everyone is going to point to the examples of, oh, hey, look at these guys. Look at Justin Jefferson. Look at Tristan Wirfs. Look at Antoine Winfield Jr., Yes. Now look at all the other guys. I mean, 300 other guys went in the draft and you named three guys. So I think that tells you everything that you need to know. Most rookies are bad. Now, now does that say flattering things about this defense? I don't know. Like I said, I think that there is some potential here. There's some upside, but certainly a question. How is Joe Barry going to be an upgrade? Don't know. Don't know. I wish I could tell you I knew. I wish I had a hot take for you and just say, you know, Joe Barry is going to lift this team to the next level. We don't even know what they're going to look like. How much are they going to change? We don't really know yet. So change for change's sake is not necessarily a positive. I don't think Mike Pettin was so bad that making any, I don't think it's Dom Capers where like literally anyone that you could hire 
would be better. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the point that we got to with Tom Capers. We're just like, okay, this needs to change. And and we, we might have gotten there with Mike McCarthy too, where it was just like, it, you, you can't have this guy here anymore. He just can't be here anymore. The locker room doesn't believe in him. The quarterback doesn't believe in him. The front office doesn't believe in him. He just has to go. Doesn't mean he's not a good coach. It, it's just not working out here. Andy Reid, really good coach. It was time in Philadelphia for him to move on. Offensively, it's a little different. It's a little different. They're they're gonna they're gonna rely on Amari Rogers insofar as he is going to play a role in this offense. But they don't they don't need Amari Rogers. They don't need Amari Rogers to be good. Guess what? They were good last year with no one playing the Tyler Irvin role, with no one doing it. Now, when he got hurt, you know it sort of scuttled a lot of the plans that Matt Lafleur probably had. But guess what? They still finished as the best offense in the league. So they must not have needed him. In this case, guess what Amari Rodgers is? A luxury. He is a potential boost. Someone who can just say, hey, here is a very specific role that I can fill, and I'm going to fill it in these very specific ways and make this offense 4% better, 5% better, 8% better, 10% better. And that's enough. I mean, they, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because their offense wasn't 10% better. And if they want to compete for another Super Bowl, that's what they need. Now, Josh Myers is going to compete to play. They have an open spot. That said, they don't need Josh Myers to fill it. Once David Bakhtiari is healthy, they have Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, and, and Billy Turner in terms of returning starters. Lucas Patrick can play center. John Runyon Jr. started games for the Packers last year and played well. So Josh Myers can sit. Royce Newman can sit. Colvin Lannan can sit. Those guys don't need to play. If they play, it's because they were good enough. Because now, now is 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 Josh Myers going to be an upgrade over Corey Lindsley? Almost certainly not. But is he going to be suitable? If he wins the starting job, given the other guys, given the other options that they have, you have to think that he would be, that the reason he would play is because he's better than the other options that they have, which we know are quality options. We know those guys are, are you know, more than replacement level players. An offensive line is another weak link system. And, and the Packers don't have any weak links, it seems. That's great. That's great. Kylan Hill, not going to play. I mean, he's going to play a little, but they don't need him. They have two running backs that they feel really good about. So, I mean, this team is in a position, you know, they, they bring back most of their team. And I understand the names for, for Tampa Bay are bigger. Oh, they, you know, they, Tom Brady gets a new contract. Gronk's coming back. AB's coming back. Sue's coming back. Those guys are, are not Brady, obviously, but those guys are role players. Sue played, you know, solid football last year. Gronk was solid. AB was solid. But but they are not what their names suggest they are. And people still act like they are. Those guys are fine, solid players. They brought back their whole team. Guess what? So did Green Bay, basically. And that means, assuming Aaron Rodgers is there, that they have a team ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Whatever they get from this rookie class is upside. 
It's upside. And, and that, that's assuming no internal development from the guys that are already on the roster. That, into, that, that means, you know, Alan Lazard doesn't play any more snaps this year than last year, even though he missed a month. And, and, and really more than that, because even when he was back, he wasn't back all the way. And that assumes Darnell Savage doesn't get better. That assumes Rashawn Gary doesn't get better. That assumes Big Bob Tunney doesn't get better. That assumes A.J. Dillon doesn't get better. And that Josiah DeGuara doesn't come back and, and, and contribute. This team can be better without relying on rookies. And if they get something from the rookies, then, hey, look, you can feel really good about where this team is. I think you should already feel really good about where the team is talent-wise. Obviously, circumstances preclude you from saying you feel good about them because we have no idea what the deal is with Aaron Rodgers. But from a talent standpoint, you have to like the position this team is in right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. We've got the NBA play-in games going on, the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. And before you know it, the NFL will be back in your life. Before the next pitch, before the next tip-off, before the next puck drop, go over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the sign-up bonuses, contest information, sports news that you could possibly need. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have nine incredible base flavors. Coconut almond is my favorite of the classics, but I also love the double chocolate, the salted caramel, and they have these limited edition flavors that basically always sell out because they are that good. These things are all covered in 100% chocolate, and yet, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, so that they are healthy. They are actually putting something good into your body that also tastes delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I am your host, Peter Bukowski, and it is all the news you need in under 20 minutes in the world of sports, not just the Packers, but all sports. Check us out, Locked On Today, wherever you get podcasts. All right, tomorrow, Jason Hershorn, America's guest, is on the show to talk about how things need to change with Jordan Love at quarterback, if indeed he is that quarterback. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.